Going up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar, my name is Craig Toth, your host of Minor League News and Brews, talking about everything around the Pirates minor league system. Today is most likely the last episode of the Minor League News and Brews for the new year. Um, As we lead into the international signing period, which is set to begin on January 15th, 2024, the next time you hear from me, I will be talking about the top prospects international, as well as the ones that could be tied to the Pittsburgh Pirates, exactly where they rank, what they play, what their grades are. But today, what I am going to do is something that I had talked about, which is just breaking down uh, the transactions that have happened on the minor league side of things. Uh, A lot of these are depth pieces that are added to usually the uh, the triple a roster i already had an episode not too long ago uh, bringing you the players that the pirates selected in the minor league portion of the rule five draft um, some of those guys could fit in in double a altoona and below Uh, Seth Beer, who I'll be mentioning again probably towards the end of this episode, is a guy that will slot in in AAA Indianapolis. So as far as these minor league transactions go, they usually are met with uh, not the best reactions, you know, mostly on social media due to the fact that you know, prior to these, uh, there weren't a lot of you know moves made on the major league side of things, and then even when a player is picked up, they talk about how you know Pirates fans will be clamoring for them to be brought up as they're tearing up AAA uh, Indianapolis, even though the years of baseball may have passed them by or guys that really haven't, you know, met (laughs) the expectations um, at the major league level and even some that haven't even reached the majors at all. The first signing that the Pirates made, uh, the transaction in the minor league portion, I mentioned it when it happened in passing when I was talking with Chris Lanuti over on Bucks in the Basement, the the regular show that comes out every Wednesday. Uh, 24-year-old Gilberto Celestino, uh, center fielder from the Minnesota Twins organization. Uh, In 2021 and 2022, um, he had uh, 409 plate appearances, slashed 222 300 592 uh and and that was uh actually no didn't slash the 592 is the uh sorry is the is the ops uh total because it was a 70 ops plus um he had uh left thumb surgery uh in 2023 I only had uh, 245 plate appearances, uh, slashed 244, 385, 
386 with four home runs. Um, in 2022, uh, he had a positive uh, plus two uh, defensive run saved in center field. So he is um, a fairly athletic guy, but is really just one of those depth pieces filling the spots uh, most likely in AAA Indianapolis. Uh, the other thing that happened then was Rodri Munez was claimed on December 1st. And we've probably, you know, if you're paying attention even just a little bit right now, you'll see that he was traded to Miami for cash considerations on December 20th. When he was picked up, it was talked about as like a depth piece, as somebody who you might you know, try to slide through waivers. Obviously, Miami saw something that they would want to use him for, obviously for depth as well. Um, and gave the Pirates some cash considerations for that. On December 6th, Deville Castillo, a right-handed pitcher. Um, that's an international signing, and I'll talk a little bit more um, about the international signings before we get to our beer reviews at the end of the show. December 8th, Hunter Stratton. Uh, people saw Hunter Stratton pitch last year. In Pittsburgh, he chose a free agency on November 17th. Uh, and basically, you know, what happens here is he pitches in Pittsburgh 12 uh, innings, uh, 225 ERA, a one whip. Uh, Stratton is a guy who had some buzz, uh, not coming into this season, but in previous seasons. Um, in Indianapolis this past season, he pitched uh, just a little over 56 innings, a 3.99 ERA, a 1.33 WHIP. Uh, when I think he was, you know, released around the same time as Osvaldo Beto, uh, who ended up signing a major league deal with the Oakland Athletics, talked about both of these guys being people that they might want to sign back as minor league free agents just for depth, uh, performed, you know, well enough in his, you know, brief stint in the major leagues, but not really somebody who you could see, you know, breaking camp with the team, barring some injuries. Uh, the same day, they also signed uh, Ryder Ryan. Um, in 2023, he pitched one inning for the Seattle Mariners, most of his time was with the Triple A team for them. Um, in 55 innings, he had a 3.76 ERA, a 1.236 WHIP. Once again, just another depth piece. And this next signing is one that I'm pretty sure I think I missed. I just was looking back through the transaction page, didn't hear. Um, a whole lot about it. Uh, it's Sergio Alcantara, uh, shortstop. He was in the majors for parts of seasons from 2020 through 2022. A little over 500 plate appearances slashed 209, 281, 343 with 12 home runs. In 2023, uh, he spent his time in the Cubs and the Diamondbacks systems at AAA, slashed 268, 374, 402, 
eight home runs. Once again, a guy that you know you have to you know fill out your roster throughout Indianapolis, Altoona, Greensboro, Bradenton. So you're going to see a decent amount of these like minor league signings as depth pieces. But of course, you know, it's the World Series. Here we come whenever, you know, these different types of things are announced. But I didn't really see a lot of people going or saying really much of anything about Sergio Alcantara being signed. A guy with some major league experience, not a lot of success, plays well in AAA, so a depth piece for your team. On December 11th, Ben Heller, uh, he came up with uh, Atlanta last year and did see him pitch uh, 18 and two-thirds innings for them, uh, dealing with some injuries and stuff, so... You know, sometimes these depth pieces are used even by you know, some of the best organizations. Uh, he had a 3.86 ERA and an unfortunate 1.446 WHIP. Uh, he spent most of 2023 in Tampa and Atlanta's AAA systems. Uh, he pitched 44 innings, a 3.27 ERA, and a 1.4. 227 whip the same day Isaac Matson knew this name sounded familiar in 2017 he was the 19th round pick for the Angels out of the University of Pittsburgh was a pretty good uh, pitcher for Pitt um, if you guys have listened to me for even a few minutes uh, most people know that I am a big West Virginia uh, University baseball fan uh, so, you know, I'll know some, some pit players as well. Saw this name, recognized it immediately. Um, in 2023, he was in the Atlantic League, which is the independent league. Uh, if anybody sees when the rule changes that have come into effect, like some of the first places they're tried out at, was in the Atlantic Independent League. Uh, they had like a contract with Major League Baseball, and we're seeing a lot of these rules, you know, come into effect. But they're tried out in the Atlantic League first. He played for the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, pitched 19 innings to the tune of a 3.32 ERA and a 1.053 WHIP. Uh, picked up by the Minnesota Twins, stashed by them in Double A. He pitched a little over 32 innings for them. And he had a 3.62 ERA and a 1.206 WHIP. Now, this one came about on uh, December 15th. Um, as everybody knows, that was the deadline for the current uh, international signing period. There is a little bit of a break for a month from December 15th to January 15th. Uh, during that break, nobody is able to be signed. You're not allowed to carry over that international bonus pool space. Um, so basically, the Pirates trade the New York Yankees uh, $500,000 in international bonus space for Billy McKinney, outfielder. And immediately, the Yankees go and sign Dominican catcher, uh, Justin Capellan for $450,000. He's a 17-year-old catcher. Uh, not a lot known about him. 
basically had the, the height and weight, you know, six foot tall, 170 pounds, um, but a pretty big signing bonus. So kind of sounds like the Yankees were in on him, you know, wanted to get some of the international bonus space uh, that the Pirates acquired from the Rangers in the Austin Hedges trade. Uh, the Pirates, you know, obviously had were running out of time to use that. So, I mean, you trade it for a you know, center fielder who, you know, at least had some time in the major leagues last year for the Yankees. He's a former first-round pick in 2013 for the Oakland Athletics. For the Yankees last year, um, he had 147 plate appearances, slashed 227, 320, 406 with six home runs. For his career, he does have uh, around 915 plate appearances, but the slash line you're seeing is, is pretty much you know what he is, uh, 209, 284, 390 with 34 career major league home runs. Spent uh, a lot of time in AAA last year. Another you know outfield depth piece. We had some outfielders that. You know, elected free agency, uh, have signed with other teams, so you do have to fill out the rosters. So, you know, Billy McKinney, he slashed 274, 388, 511 with nine home runs in AAA last year. You know, a solid depth piece, 29 years old, you know, not really giving up anything for him because if you weren't going to use the bonus pool space, you can trade it to, you know, try to get some of that depth. Uh, most recently, Jake Lamb, 33-year-old first baseman. Uh, kind of funny, uh, he was picked by the Pirates in the 38th round of the 2009 draft, chose to go to college, then was picked in 2012 by the Arizona Diamondbacks in the sixth round. I mean, you'll probably remember him if you're a baseball fan from, you know, 2015 to about 2018, especially 16 and 17, 29 home runs in 2016, 27 home runs, uh, no, sorry, 30 home runs in 2017. He was an all-star, a really good player, uh, but this past year, uh, he only had about 54 plate appearances for the Angels at the Major League level, uh, slashed 214, uh, well, didn't slash, he hit 214 with a 612 OPS, two home runs, and he now joins Beer in AAA, got some first base options down there, um, some pretty old first base depth, former top prospects, but... I mean, it's it's better than nothing, but most of the time, like I said, these guys, if you see them at all outside of the relief pitchers, because, I mean, there is somewhat of a, a revolving door, hopefully not as fast as it's been in previous years, but, I mean, that's like the minor league depth signings. <laughs> The lottery ticket, international signings. The previously mentioned Deville Castillo, 
the right-handed pitcher they signed on December 6th. Also picked up another right-handed pitcher, Jeremiah Barrero, and that was on December 14th. Uh, also on December 14th, Jaden Kim, 17-year-old, um, out of Australia, born in South Korea, has kind of bounced back and forth uh, with his dad, who is a, a major league scout and is currently a scout for the Pirates, uh, Daniel Kim. Uh, not a whole lot known about Jaden, just that he's you know, athletic and young, uh, 17 years old. I mean, when we're talking about lottery tickets, I mean, this is like one of the most, you know, it's like an ultimate lottery ticket. But, I mean, it's, it's a good thing when these types of things work out for the Pirates. You know, the early 2010s, uh, you saw, you know, a Jose Tabata, a Starling Marte, a Gregory Polanco. And, and although, you know, other than Marte, the other ones had some, some limited success. But, I mean, if you get a lottery ticket and they make it to Major League Baseball and are, you know, contributors pretty much on any level, you consider that a success. Um, and then the Pirates did spend uh, $200,000 of their international bonus pool space on the last day, getting Emmanuel Chapman, 25-year-old Cuban. Uh, looks like he had defected from Cuba uh, back in April. Had seen some video on him leading up to that. He's got a fastball that sits uh, 93 to 98. I mean, you can look up the, the Cuban League stats. You're really not, you know, going to find too much with him. I mean, I think it's like maybe like a total of 20 innings. But, I mean, as I'll be talking about during uh, the next episode uh, that I have, like I said, more than likely after the new year, I mean, a lot of people are just like, I mean, we're going to be signing these kids that are, you know, as young as 16 years old that have been scouted from the Dominican, from, you know, Venezuela for since they were like 10, 11, 12 years old. And, you know, the Pirates have taken you know, different approaches um, throughout the international, you know, signing period. It used to be you know, Neil Huntington did make a couple, you know, big splashes some big bonuses, but for the most part, it was just, you know, quantity over quality, hoping to find that quality or at least, you know, one or two players from within those groups. We've seen Ben Charrington go out and sign a decent amount of guys that have fallen within the top 30 prospects, whether it be MLB Pipeline fan graphs but I mean a lot of the times I mean you're getting the grading on these and you don't really know you know exactly you know what it's going to look like especially once they start to you know fill out I mean I know we have like you know a Tony Blanco Jr. who's already you know a large human um, but for the most part you're getting these guys you know when you don't know exactly what body type you know how big they're gonna they're gonna grow to be. Um, a lot of times, adjusting you know their batting stances and approaches, adjusting mechanics uh, as they grow for on the pitching end of things. So when you talk about these lottery tickets, I mean it, it really truly is. I mean just you know 
putting you know money into this and it's i think this this past season it's probably right around like six million dollars that you're spending you know hoping to find you know one of those international superstars that can move their way throughout through you know up the system I mean, we've seen a lot of that uh, throughout Major League Baseball, guys showing up at 19, 20, uh, 21 years old, busting into the scene. Uh, but, I mean, if you're counting, you know, the number of players that are signed, you know, during that, it's it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Uh, hopefully, Charrington is able to have you know, the same success that I mentioned you know, with a Tabata, with with a Marte, um, with you know, a Polanco, but I mean, those types of successes are, you know, kind of few and far between, and the odds are hardly ever in your favor. A pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer. Let's order another pitcher of beer. That pitcher of beer should come over here. I love that pitcher of beer. Since I am going on a, a holiday break here, won't be working my regular job, have already recorded the uh, Bucks in the Basement episode for next week. Uh, we'll be dropping either the 26th a day early or on the 27th. I had a chance to sit down with Jason Mackey, Pirates beat reporter uh, from the Post-Gazette again to have a little bit of fun where I kind of played the Grinch because that's what my family calls me and kind of like push back against, you know, what the Pirates have done this far uh, during the offseason. Uh, but as I said, I'm going on break here, and when I go on break, a lot of times the days start with a bloody and end with a bourbon, so there's not a lot of time for the brews in between. Luckily, this past Monday, I did have the opportunity to go out to a, a pretty cool uh Christmas slash holiday pop-up bar. Uh, we had had been to the holiday pop-up bar, you know, a decent amount of times in in previous years with family members and stuff. But we kind of started a little tradition with our neighbors and kids. Uh, took them to this place. They had a, a Halloween pop-up bar, and, and this time it was the regular Christmas pop-up bar. Good food. I. Uh, ton of bulbs ton of lights for this one a sleigh in the middle you can get a picture with your friends and family and just kind of have a good time you know enjoying the holidays and got to sample you know since it was uh christmas time they have some delicious beers uh the first one i had was the two times xmas uh and that's from southern tier believe i've had this one before it's one of those ones that has a lot of like the different spices and stuff in it and like i said those ones really aren't my favorite because i mean throughout every season my wife uh, is you know burning candles atop of our fireplace uh so she i i, I say these ones kind of you know 
tastes like candles, tastes like what's going on inside my house. Uh, 8%. I gave this one a 375 and actually gave it the reverse. Uh, I guess I usually take points off. This one giving points on the weighted based on batting average. Bring it up to 425 because it may be your type of drink, but really not my type of drink. Uh, the next one falls into what would be in my favorite category this time of year. Great Lakes Christmas Ale. have had this one many, many times throughout the years. This one falls into that wonderful winter warmer category uh, that I've mentioned before and that I'll probably be hopping into uh, at the beginning of the new year from uh, Great Lakes 7.5% give this one a 475 knock it down to 425 and then my all-time favorite beer for this time of year definitely had to you know review this one uh, before you know many others and it is the Saint Nicholas Bach from Penn Brewery uh, my wife and I have stopped in there at times and you know have had to used to you know back in the day pick up a case of the saint nicholas bach because it wasn't you know in your your local beer distributors wasn't at the bars so had to make a special trip and and it was always worth it because a lot of the times they have the samples of you know the saint nicholas box throughout the year the saint nicholas reserve ones that are done in like oak barrels ones that are done in whiskey barrels i think one time they did something uh with wiggle whiskey and, and that was just a delicious beer so saint nicholas bach is a beer that is always in my fridge throughout the christmas season just happened to have this one out coming in at six percent uh give this one 500 knock it down to 450 obviously one of the top scoring beers uh, during you know minor league news and brews and we're going to be coming up on on a year of minor league news and brews here at some point in time so during this holiday season i would just like to take a minute and thank all of the guests that have been on this anybody who listens to this it has actually grown uh, to be uh, a nice little uh, companion uh, to the regular Bucks in the Basement podcast, almost reaching you know the numbers of the Bucks in the Basement podcast, which when I started this, I you know could have never imagined. Just wanted to give really myself a place to talk about the Pirates minor league system, you know, without taking up too much time on the Bucks in the Basement and because it is, you know, only 30 minutes of Bucks, this is 30 minutes of minor league news and brews. But to anybody that has, uh, you know, thank you so much. Keep listening. You know, going to be doing a lot of things, going to a lot of games uh coming up here in the 2024 season. And if I don't talk to you, if something big doesn't come out, we'd like to wish all of you uh, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and I'll talk to you guys in 2024.